most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones Yes sir It's December It is December Cue Christmas music dun, 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 dun. That's show tunes Walking in a winter wonderland Oh I see where you're going with yeah, that Thank you So tell me what you're most excited about for Christmas Um, I'm excited Well we might get snow in a couple days That's the rumour Apparently Tennessee is getting snow on whoop, whoop. Thursday I don't know how much snow, but that makes me happy. Do you think that will actually happen? Well, it's hard to say, but you know that they canceled schools anyway. <laughs> they probably already canceled school in anticipation. Right. But we have a hill in our yard now. So we if we do get snow, the kids are going to be out there. But it's the shortest hill ever. It doesn't matter. And They'll love it. lined with trees halfway down. Well, sort of. It'll be, you no, know, it challenging. Is. It'll be a slalom course. <laughs> It'll be fine. All Just right. fine. Tell me about this week. What was a good week? We had uh, R.T. Kendall spoke on the school uh, on second year and did a great job, And of course. And we took him out for Southern cooking. So he was a happy man. That man loves the Southern cooking. He does indeed. It's really funny because R.T. and his wife, Louise, although they were, uh, although they're Americans by birth, they lived in the UK longer than I did. Mm-hmm. And so they're way more British in their sense of humor and in their approach yes. and in their personalities than they are American. Mm-hmm. So when they come to Gray Center, we just pick up where we last left off. And yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, for example, we were having lunch with them this week. And I'm sure the surrounding tables listening to our conversations <laughs> would have been appalled with the abuse that was being thrown around <laughs> at the table because... We're as, all quite sarcastic. <laughs> as everybody in Britain... Well, most people in Britain don't realize how sarcastic they are because it's just it's just normal. It's like oxygen. Right. <laughs> to Americans, like some of our... Mm-hmm. Some of our well-meaning and well-placed humor is actually quite cutting and sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jeff and Becky were on year one and they just sort of lit the place up and they... <laughs> yeah. Every time I walked past the main auditorium where Jeff and Becky were ministering, it, there was just bodies everywhere and people yelling. <laughs> So it was quite Perfect. an adventurous week. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the beginning of the week. And at the end of the week, we had Brian Simmons come in. Brian and his wife, Candace have been at Grace Center before. Brian is the author and the translator of the Passion version of um, the Bible. He's just about finished the New Testament. He said he was working on Revelation. Yep. Uh, it's taken him eight years, I think, to translate the New Testament. I have no idea. And his translation is from the Aramaic into uh, English. And uh, we've read a bunch of his translations, haven't we? A bunch of his verses. Mm-hmm. A bunch of his verses. Well, I suppose <laughs> that's true. A bunch of the books that he's been translating. And so it's great to have him with us this weekend as well. And then today we had the small group leaders over for lunch and I made... Christmas cookies. Uh, when you say you made them. Well, okay. I got kind of pre-made ones and put them on a cookie sheet. Oh, so you actually even baked them? Yeah, I baked them. Oh, I thought they just came out of a tin. No. No, I baked them. <laughs> okay, so you shoved them in the oven. Yeah, I shoved them in the oven. I hey, to... you would want credit for that. If you'd done that, you would have acted like you made them from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. But then I made apple cider. When you say you made apple cider? I you... mean, I bought apple cider <laughs> and I got mulling spices and I put it all together and I boiled it. <laughs> I didn't actually like juice the apples, okay. but other than that, it was me. <laughs> it was really nice. Okay. I have to say that when I opened the door, I came home from church. You, you were home before me. When I opened the front door and there was Christmas music on the stereo and there was a fire blazing and there was the smell of the, you know, all cider. The, yeah. the cider and the ginger snap cookies. I was like, 
Come on, Christmas. <laughs> yes, I was going for the Christmas atmosphere. Obviously, there's a danger, because we only talk about the highlights of our week, that you can think that by listening to our podcast, our world is wonderful. But yesterday was an example where our world wasn't that wonderful, wasn't it, babe? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, while we were out, and I'll talk about what we were doing, I was contemplating, who's the best marriage counsellor <laughs> to help us out of this situation? I am, of course, referring to the task... Well, how do you tell the story, babe? Well, we're trying to hang some Christmas lights on a tree. We are? Well, you don't really let me help. (laughs) Every every time I try and help, you go, oh, no, that's not how, you know, and then you just, so I just stand there. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) But we we bought. We, 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 all of this we. Hang on. We, I was there. We bought Christmas lights. Right. But whose flipping idea was it to have Christmas lights outside? Right. This right. is all your idea. Right. So I wanted Christmas lights because we've never had Christmas lights outside at and, our house. And I'm fast realizing why we've never had Christmas tree lights well, outside our house. I'm not sure that our experience is exactly the normal experience. However, we went and got six strings of Christmas lights thinking we would put three per tree. Right. Because that was, what was that, about 45 feet of lights each? Yeah. A little bit thought. more than that. Oh, that'll be fine. There was 17 feet per string. So 17 times three is... And carry yeah. the one that's what is it? About <laughs> fifty one. Okay, fifty one <laughs> feet of lights yeah. per tree. Mm-hmm. And so we started with one tree. Yeah. And And then we realized three strings wasn't gonna be enough. We we're gonna need six strings per tree. So we've just doubled the budget. Right. So yeah. now we need to go back and get more Christmas lights for doing the, the second tree. However, they've sold out of the lights that we used and have already put up on our tree. So I got different lights, hoping that you wouldn't be able to tell, but you totally could tell. So I took those lights back. Then I thought I found ones that would work. And so I got those lights, brought them back, but they were a different style of light. Uh, And even though they were the same sort of coloring, they were going to produce a different result. So then I took those ones back. So basically, I went to uh, at-home store five times to return lights and finally end up with the lights that we have, which we've only put up two strings because by the time we got to all of that and then putting up two strings. I'd lost the will to live. Yes. And I was like, I'm going inside. I'm making food before I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and the trouble was, we, when we teach on how to do confrontation, we tell people never, ever do a confrontation when you're in the state of halt. Halt stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yes. I'm now going to add never do Christmas decorating when you're in a state of halt either. Right. Because it was... Or maybe just let your spouse do the <laughs> the decorating. But you can't reach. Right. I meant you. I'll just leave you to do oh, the decorating. Oh, I see. Well, that's pretty much what you did do. But you would stand <laughs> like the ghost of Christmas past eerily <laughs> over my shoulder. Because every time I would suggest something, you go, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay, never mind. I'll just stand here and you can just but no, no, mock me. The tasks I did ask you to do, you didn't do. Well, because you're like, hey, reach for that branch. I'm like, sure, buddy, because I'm seven feet tall. I can totally grab that branch. Hang on a second. Just let me levitate up there and get it for you. But the funny thing was, we must have had, what, four or five different false starts. Okay, we'll try this. Yeah. We tried wrapping the branches and then halfway through you got frustrated with that and just reefed them all off the tree. I'm like, the tree may not live through this. It was horrible. And then it started raining. Yeah. And it was icy cold. Yeah. And our children kept wanting to, like, Mom, Dad, what are you can doing? Can I have a question? Can I have like, what are you doing? Can like, me? Uh, ah. 
So Merry Christmas. Thanks. We have like two <laughs> two strings of lights that look incredibly gimpy just hanging from one tree. Yes, and eight that still need to go up. So if uh, if there's anybody listening that has a Christmas light gift and would like to come and save our marriage, please volunteer. Bye. <laughs> I might have uprooted the trees by then. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, strangely enough, our, our topic for this week is don't give up. Oh, now just let your spirit listen to the topic then so you yeah. can get those lights done tomorrow. <laughs> don't give up and outsource it to somebody else. Yeah. Um, should we talk about our topic this week? Yeah, go ahead. It, it came really this week. We Every every second week we have a pastors meeting at Grace and all the pastors get together and one of us takes turns in encouraging the rest of us. And so we all share something. It was my turn this week to share something. And I shared on the topic of not giving up. And I thought, I, I think we should share it with our listeners too. Okay. I'm not sure it's because it's the whole typical end of the year thing, you know, where you've used up all your energy for 2016 and you're like, eh, it's December. We'll just sleep through the rest of the next four weeks and, and wake up in 2017. You mean the reason you want to give up is because it's the end? Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, don't you feel like you've got less energy to face each day? Is that just me? Y- yes. Well, I, I think I feel tired, but I'm starting to get excited about Christmas because the kids are. So I'm starting to start to ride that wave. Oh, right. I see. I, I doesn't help that it gets dark at like... 4 p.m. either. Does not help at all. No. And so, today it was cold and rainy all day. Yeah. So I was. So it's like, well. You realize everybody in Scotland's like, suck <laughs> you're it like, up. you're like, welcome to our lives. <laughs> 12 months of the year. <laughs> That's not true. They get Ten. a sunny day in July. <laughs> anyway, there's a huge temptation, I realize, to just be like, meh, you know, 2016, don't let the door hit you on the backside. Right. It? Right. Well, and that's not true because 2016 has been awesome, but it has been. It just yeah. seems to be this kind of slow down climate. Anyway, I was thinking about what I would want to hear on Wednesday, and I was thinking I would want to be super encouraged. And scripture is just filled with encouragement. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there's some places where it's not that encouraging, like Lamentations, <laughs> Job, <laughs> some of the Psalms. I'm looking at you guys, where it's not that encouraging, but the yeah. general premise that God is never going to leave us or forsake us is hugely encouraging. That sure. in and of itself. Absolutely. By the way, did you watch the preview for The Shack, the movie? I did. I bawled. Oh, so did I. The bit, the bit where the woman says, I never left you. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's the book. Well, you haven't read it, have you? Nope. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Okay. It's an interesting premise. And uh, I love it. I love the message uh, of it. Um, yeah, I bawled. So, uh, yeah, anyway, the, the whole premise of Scripture is is one of incredible encouragement. So, I've got a couple of verses for you. Yes. I'm going to read the B-I-B-L-E. The B-I-B-L-E. Look at this. Luke 18, verse 1. That's the verse for me. Enough. Sorry. <laughs> one Stand day. alone on the Word of God. Sorry. The B-I-B-L-E. And we're okay, done. go ahead. Luke 18, verse 1. <laughs> one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Look at that. Jesus is encouraging his disciples. To pray. Yeah, well, but to never give up. give up. Yeah, your antidote to not giving up is praying. Yes. So when you feel like you're going to give up, just pray and just tell him, Lord, I feel like I'm going to give up and I need some help here. Yep. Jesus goes on and tells a story. You know it really well. It's the righteous woman who has a wicked judge. She keeps coming to him and requesting and requesting and requesting that he'd oversee her case. And basically, this woman wears the man down. And then the the Lord said, hey, learn a lesson from this unjust judge, even yeah. though uh, he was totally wicked and he didn't care about other people. Eventually, a just decision was made in the end. Yeah. So don't you think that God's surely going to give justice to? And then Jesus ends with this. He says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? 
Hmm. That, that verse is a little bit weird because in, on, at first pass, it looks like Jesus is saying, hey, my father's just like this unjust judge. And of course, that's not what he's doing at all. He's using contrast to illustrate the vast differences between our loving heavenly father and this this wicked and unjust judge. And his point is, if even this wicked and unjust judge would eventually give a righteous right. verdict. Decision. Yeah. yeah. How much more your Father in heaven who loves justice and loves you. Right. Uh, uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing I found interesting is faith is only required in the absence of what you need. Right. Like you don't need faith at any other point. Like as soon as your need is met, faith turns to rejoicing. Right. And so it's interesting that Jesus is saying, hey, in the absence of what you need, are you going to give up having faith? Is the Son of Man going to find that when he returns? Mm-hmm. So... I want to encourage everybody who feels like they're just fatigued, feels like they're ready to give up, feels like things are overwhelming. My encouragement to you comes straight from Jesus. Don't give up, but just pray. Just say, Lord, I just need strength. And and sometimes that's, I remember you sharing your testimony where you went to your your aunt and you just wanted to kill yourself. You wanted to die. Things were so grim. Mm-hmm. And you said, I don't know how to do this. And she said... She said, you you say to God, all right, God, you and me, the next five minutes, and in five minutes you say it again, and you let him get you through it. And that sounds trite, but I'm sure there was days when you absolutely did that. Uh, there's That was most of what I did for, for, for weeks until I finally got to where I was saying it every 10 minutes, baby steps. But you're here today because of that. Uh-huh. Paul, the Apostle Paul, has just got to be the master encourager, you know, all the way through Scripture. I mean, you heard Brian Simmons teach this weekend about Paul writing from prison in Philippians. Right. Four of his epistles are written from prison. And telling people to be joyful. Right. And he's totally, he's like talking about how thankful he is and everything from prison. He's going to get beheaded shortly, <laughs> but he's thankful. So in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, twice Paul encourages those he was writing to to not give up. And they're facing terrible persecution. He's like, hey guys, just don't give up. So, uh, I'm going to read this. Uh, apologies if this is a little long, but this is Second Corinthians 6, verse 4 to 10. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Paul writes this, In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. By the way, he's not writing to ministers of God here. He's writing to... You. He's writing to everybody. He's writing right. to just a church made up of a bunch of people. Right. He says this, We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We're honest, but they call us imposters. We're ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We've been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is really amazing. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. So here's the thing. We can listen to that or we can read it and just think, and I don't think Paul's I don't think Paul's doing that. Look, suck it up, guys. At least you haven't been beaten or been put in prison. And right. But the danger is we can read those verses and think, ah, well, they don't really apply to us. But I know people listening to this podcast, you are patiently enduring trouble and hardships of some kind. 
Right. Maybe it's criticism from coworkers. Maybe it's rejection from family. Maybe it's just general sadness or despair. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, there's, there's hardships, there's difficulties that people go through. But I also know that the encouragement from the Lord is to just continue to prove yourself by purity. Right. Continue to walk in understanding. Continue to extend grace. And by the way, the only people you extend grace to are people who don't need it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called grace. Yeah. And I think, too, like to remember that joy isn't something that's only present in the absence of uh, trouble. The joy is actually available to you in the midst of trouble, in the midst of persecution or going through things. If you can... uh, receive joy and turn to thankfulness and and you can you can be living from joy in the midst of trouble right okay last verse for you galatians 6 verse 7 through 10 and this is in the nlt it says don't be misled you cannot mock the justice of god you will always harvest what you plant those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Wow. They're not holding any punches in this version. Nope. Uh, but those who live uh, to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I love that he always offers an antidote to the thing that we're facing. Right. So Jesus' antidote to giving up is to pray. Yeah. Paul's antidote to an aching heart is to find joy. Yeah. And in Galatians, his antidote to getting tired of doing what is good is to actually continue to do good. (laughs) Just do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So my encouragement is everything you've already done this year for the kingdom is you sowing. And you're going to reap something good from that. And sometimes we get discouraged because we don't think we're doing anything significant. But actually, Jesus gets to decide what is significant or not. Right. Remember the woman who put two mites in the in the offering box? And the Lord's like, actually, she gave more than anybody else. Yeah. She gave all she had. Everybody else just gave out their overflow. So right. all of your choices to to trust God, to not give up, all your choices to honor and not dishonor, all of your giving, the giving that you've done that's seen and unseen, all of these things, just the hard work that you put in at your job, fulfilling the mandates of your calling, being an awesome mom, being an awesome dad, uh, not cheating on tax reports, not cheating on your um, expense forms, any of those things, everything that you do that's righteous, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing. Right. And here's what I've learned about God's blessing is it's not some ethereal, nonsensical, you know, spiritual feel good. It's actually a tangible, physical thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And what if 2016 was about sowing into the blessing you're going to reap in 2017? How tragic would it be if we missed out on reaping something because we gave up? Good point, babe. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You just got stunned by my mustache that I'm growing. No, you're not growing a mustache. I will shave it in your sleep, I love. <laughs> no, thanks, I feel so good. Anyway, the whole point is, don't give up growing mustaches. Don't give up in general. Keep your head up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Because God is really, really good. I love that he says, God can't be mocked. Like, no. you can't get away from the blessing of God's goodness. Yeah. 
and you're going to see the justice of God in all your extravagant ways. Absolutely. And but do give up on growing mustaches. And you're going to see the justice of God in all its extravagant ways. Yes. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Unless it's on growing mustaches. What's your problem with mustaches? Oh, they're just not right. You think Tom Selleck looked better without a mustache? I think, uh, yes, everybody looks better without a mustache. Not true. Yeah. Women look better without mustaches. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna definitely. Gr- I'm going to grow a stunning mustache. No, no, I will attack you in your sleep. The good kind of attack? You've been warned. <laughs> All right, you ready for a listener's question? Yes. This is from Ed. Ed writes, Hi, Alan and AJ. I really liked your money podcast a few weeks back. Thanks for the practical tips. You're so welcome. I would be interested to hear more of your thoughts on why you felt the whole tithe would be better to go to the church rather than other charities or organizations. I don't disagree, but would like to know how you came to this conclusion. By the way, as parents to three under five, we also love your family life chat with tips for keeping things simple and prioritizing. Would you have one tip over all others for bringing up kids in God's kingdom? Which one do you want to take? The parenting or the tithing? I'll take parenting. You take tithing. Go. All right. Well, actually, if I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Artie Kendall spoke at Grace Center. I forget whether he addressed this in the first or the second service, so I'll put a link to both. But he talked about this. He said uh, the storehouse. So my... Um, well, let's go with RT because he's smarter than me. He said every Jewish person would know what the storehouse was. The storehouse was where you got meat. It was where your provision came from. And so he said the storehouse would be, in, in modern day parlance, your local church. So the whole tithe goes to the local church. So some people are going to take the 10% and they're going to say, well, I'm going to give some to the church and some to uh, the Red Cross and some to this missions organization, some to that. And my encouragement is bring the whole tithe to the local church and then feed all those other ministries out of your giving. Yeah. Because there's a premise of tithes and offerings. Right. So one of the things we like to do is make sure that we're tithing and we're doing offerings. So we carve out our 10%. Obviously, that just goes straight to Gray Center. And then above that 10% is where we want to give out of that to um, other offerings. Yeah. And tithing protects your money, but your giving determines your increase. So they're both important. Yeah. Um, Artie did a better explanation for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's as much as I can remember of what he said, which I thought was quite good. It's it's well worth listening to the teaching on it Mm -hmm. Um, again. Yeah. All right. One tip that's better than all others. One tip that is better than all others, I would say, listen to the Holy Spirit is your one tip above all others. Um, Because really, uh, there's, we have, you know, we have our own things that we follow that we've talked about before, like baby wise or whatever that we're like, gosh, this really helped us. This was, you know, it's made our, our uh, lives run well and our, our family situation run well and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, we have shared other little tips, but really it's, it's being able to talk to the Holy Spirit when you have no idea uh, in the moment what to do, or even when you're mid like, okay, that's it. Everybody, you know, sit down on the couch. We're going to have a talk. And the Holy Spirit starts talking to you about, hey, uh, you're a little grumpy right now, or hey, actually, you know, so if if the Holy Spirit's involved in your parenting, you're going to be a way better parent. I, I don't think there's a better answer than listen to the Holy Spirit. So yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. I have found that our kids respond so well when we're humble. Yeah. So 
going to your kids and humbling yourself before them when you're in the wrong is I, I is astonishing. Mm-hmm. I see a different side of my kids when I go and say, hey, you know what, daddy didn't mean to say that. Or actually what daddy just did there was wrong. Or actually you're not, I shouldn't have got you into trouble for that. Da- the reason daddy shouted there is daddy's tired and daddy's grumpy. It's not your fault. Because one of the things we've learned is it just in our in our pastoral training really is when children are small to to keep their worldview stable they have to and they do they interpret every adult's behavior as correct so they internalize anything that's wrong as them because if they can if they attribute blame or hurt to a grown adult and the pain is too severe then then their worldview doesn't survive. So most children internalize anything that's wrong towards themselves. I did something wrong. I'm a bad person. I'm So when we've gone to our kids and said, actually, we overreacted there, or, hey, like this week, I had a dream. The Holy Spirit came to me in a dream, and he did something amazing. So in this dream, I'm with my girls, I'm with Abigail and Tia, and I'm frustrated i'm nagging them to put their jacket up or something like this and i'm I'm berating them in the conversation like girls no how many times have i told you this is where you put your jacket and i'm speaking to them like this but while i'm in the dream it's like the holy spirit flips a switch and i now am in touch with what they're feeling as i'm saying those things to them and i didn't realize that my tone my intonation was causing such sadness to the girls in the dream mm-hmm. and when i woke up i was just like oh holy spirit that what what I felt in their hearts is not the fruit I want to produce. Right. And so I sat down with them this week and just said, girls, I had a dream. And in the dream, this is what happened. And I'm so sorry. I That's not the fruit. That's not the feelings I want to produce in your heart. Would you forgive right. daddy for when he's doing that? And they're so, it just, it builds so much trust, doesn't it? Well, and it? they're super forgiving. They really know. are. Take advantage of that while you can. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah, for that sure. That sounds terrible. But yeah. what, what I mean is I'm this is these are the years where I can impress on my kids what it's like to have a father. I know that sounds ridiculous, but at some point, children's hearts harden, mm-hmm. and they then need intellect to help them understand why they need to do things. Right now, they're just it feels like they're guided by pure spirit and emotion. Yeah. So, I I just love having these pliable kids who are so gracious and forgive us all our screw ups. Yeah. They're lovely. But see, I would say even that, like when you're talking about a dream and whatever, I would still say that's the Holy Spirit helping you parent. Yeah, you know? undoubtedly. Yeah. I think on a on a regular basis, I uh, can say something or, or miss the heart of what one of my kids is trying to communicate and think that I know what it is. And it's usually those moments where the Holy Spirit's like, hey, hey, you missed it. Hey, you're not right. listening. You know, oh, you know, and then you can ask, you can just go, I'm sorry, my, I think I'm not understanding you. Can you tell mommy again why we were doing X or... And you're so much better at that, though. I see you being... I think you're great at it, babe. No way. You're so good in the moment. I'm, 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 I don't mean I'm better at it than you. I mean, I'm better. I'm not very good at in the moment listening to the Holy Spirit because I'm so... Um, Task-oriented. Well, I'm I'm so it just in the moment of like I'm either exasperated or frustrated or like oh my god because most most of parenting is repeating yourself. Yes, it's just like really, really. Here we you go again. Did not realize that the shoe basket was right there. Like, how can you take your shoes off beside the basket but not 
right. get them in. It's four right. inches away. Right. And so you're really good at in the moment of catching what's going on and changing your tone and and listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm unfortunately the Holy Spirit has to go, hey knucklehead, you just did that thing again that we talked about. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay, girls, MJ, come here. Daddy's a knucklehead. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it is. It's nicer when you're full. Everything is better when you're full. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have so much more grace for, you know, whatever shoes not going in the basket or whatever when you've had some time off and you've had FaceTime and you've had, you basically, know, FaceTime with the kids, FaceTime with the Lord, you know. Basically when you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That's correct. Yeah, pretty much everything's better when you're not in a state of halt. So don't parent or uh, hang up Christmas lights in halt. <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? Nope. You know, I was thinking at the beginning of the podcast about hibernating and how that must be really nice for bears. You know, they can just go to sleep for a couple of months. Are you still on up. drugs? <laughs> no. <laughs> I must be tired. I'm just fantasizing about sleeping for months at a time. <laughs> Funny bunny. Maybe I am tired. All right, baby, let's wrap this thing up. All Christmas right. is on its way. We it have is. a bunch of products, the vast majority of which are not Christmas gifts, really. Like, hey, here's some teaching on boundaries I thought you could do with listening <laughs> Here, to take this and then run. <laughs> hey, here's some teaching on sexual healing. I thought you could do it. So that's not going to work too well. But we do have two products that are not digital in nature and can actually be wrapped and put under a tree. Both of them are books, one for adults, one for children. The first book is a book called Finding Father that AJ wrote. And it is an incredible book. And I can say that not just because it's you. I can say that because we've got hundreds of testimonies from all over the world of yeah. people reading it and having their lives changed. The idea is that it is a 12-week devotional Bible study. It can be done in groups, can be done on your own. But the whole idea behind it is it's intensely practical and it's designed to help you get led into a revelation of God's love as a loving father. Yeah. And so AJ wrote it. Tell us a little bit about it, babe. Um, well, it's sort of written out of really probably a 10-year journey into getting to know the Father Heart of God for me and getting past all the obstacles that were in place that I didn't realize were there, you know. And so I uh, yeah, wrote the book out of um, just a desire to see other people get the, the breakthrough that I'd gotten. And it's written in bite-sized chunks, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't require 45 minutes or an hour a day of study or anything like that. Each, each day's study is maybe 15 minutes or so. And then there's a journaling aspect and, um, some soaking and stuff like that, but it's, it's not a huge time commitment daily. Um, and part of the reason that I wanted it like that is I'm not actually after your head. I think God's after your heart. Right. So... But you will learn how to hear God's voice. Yes. You'll learn all about soaking what it means. And you'll have this incredible heart revelation of God's love. It makes a great gift for you. makes a great gift for friends. And I highly encourage you. There are currently $25 on our website. If you live in the continental United States, it's free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Uh, it's a great book. We, we have tremendous reviews. You can go read them on our website. Go, go look at the reviews on Amazon. I had somebody email me this week that said, do you realize Amazon is selling your book for, I don't know what it was, a ludicrous amount, like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, $267 like, or something. I'm sorry. I don't know who <laughs> charges those, but you can get them on our website yeah, for $25. For much less, yes. We'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> the second gift that you might want to consider giving to smaller children is a book called A Boy Named Ben. Again, written and illustrated by my incredible wife. 
and it is a children's book based on somebody we know and love who now lives in heaven. Tell us a bit about a boy named Ben. Well, uh, we have a friend named Ben Farley who's uh, gone home to be with the Lord now about two years ago, I think. And um, But we had the privilege of knowing Ben, and um, I learned a lot about the Lord from Ben and just the way he navigated uh, incredible difficulty in, you know, cancer and, and all that he was navigating. And he still never wavered in believing in the goodness of God. And not just that, but healed the sick. Yeah. I mean, he, would go, he, he would go and pray for people with headaches and whatever. I mean, here he is dying, dying of, cancer. of cancer. And, but he's seeing people get healed and he's praying for people in hospitals and stuff. And I mean, just an amazing, amazing man. Sunniest disposition of anyone I know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And anyway, just after he passed uh, on a Sunday morning, I was in worship and I started hearing uh, a dialogue. And so I, I heard the first couple lines of the book and I heard it about two or three times just over and over again in my head. And I was like, Holy Spirit, what's that? And he said, write it down. And so I wrote it down and then I got another couple lines and I wrote it down and then, you know, I didn't hear anything after that. And I was like, oh, that was strange. And then the next day I was driving in the car and the same thing started happening. Um, not those same couple of lines, but from where it left off. And so I just got my recorder out of my phone and just repeated what I was hearing. And by the time I got to um, work, I had the book written. And so um, I sort of wrote it all out on paper and went, oh, wow, this is a children's book. And thought, oh, well, I'm going to check with the Farley family and then I'll find in illustrator and uh and so i checked with them but at the same time i was talking to the lord about that he just said i want you to illustrate it so that was a new adventure and it's a it's a really short book it's a type of book you can read to your children or your grandchildren yeah doesn't take long and it's a little bit about it's it's not about ben per se it's obviously based on his life but yeah it's about a little boy called ben who goes on adventures with god it's a great book to read your kids to get them interested in jesus Mm -hmm. and talk about the wonders that god has for you and uh, so that's available. And uh, the, if, uh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say it's a, you know the the premise of it is that the little boy learns that God's still speaking and that you know God's still healing and and those sort of things. And so you get to go on that adventure with Ben. And for every copy of a boy named Ben, a dollar gets donated to the Ben Farley Scholarship, which allows people who would be prevented from doing the school because of financial difficulties. There's a scholarship that people can apply for. Um, that will help pay their tuition to the school supernatural life, which is just incredible. It's just I love that even in Ben's passing, he is still helping people have an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. Speaking of school supernatural life, our applications for the school are now open. Woo-hoo! Usually we don't open until January, but we opened them a bit earlier this year. We've already got applications in um, for next year's school. If you would like to come spend eight months with us starting in September of 2017, go to the link in the show notes to read more about the school and to start your application today. Baby, it's a Christmas countdown. It is. How many days do we have left to Christmas? I don't know. Hold on. Hey, Siri, how many days till Christmas? It's 20 days until then. I think she's a little confused because it's not 20 days. It is. It's 20 more days. How can that be? Because it's three weeks from today. Yeah, but today's the fourth. Yeah, but it's like you count be to the next days. day, to the next, like... Yeah, but this is a Sunday. It's a Sunday, yeah. So in three weeks' time, it'll be Christmas Day. Yes. I think Siri's lying to me. Okay, well, we can um, explore math and the difficulties thereof later on, maybe not on the air. 
<laughs> it's going to be okay, baby. I'll explain it to you. Do you see what I put up with mm-hmm. people? Do you see what I put mm-hmm. up with? Christmas trees and counting. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have an amazing week. Don't give up and we'll be with you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone